Hey, welcome to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. My guest today is Amy Cannell. She's a certified personal trainer. Here's what she wants you to do. She wants to ask you for you to take a rest day and she's a nutrition coach who wants you to enjoy dessert. Uh-oh, we're, we got trouble right off the bat. So she founded her company, Graced Health, in 2016 to equip women with simple and grace-filled ways to take care and appreciate their God-created bodies and maybe even enjoy a little chocolate in the process. Amy, thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I know, heaven forbid, a little chocolate and a rest day. <laughs> okay. I mean, right off the bat, we, we just got problems with the fitness industry right here. So, um, so you, you said about yourself that, hey, I'm a rule follower, but clearly in the introduction, you are not a rule follower. So uh, let's talk about why did you write a book about breaking all these fitness rules? I did write, write a book about breaking all of the fitness rules because I spent way too many years trying to follow the rules and really ended up feeling a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, um, and, and really not just enjoying my life the way that I believe that I was meant to be, um, enjoying it and living it to its fullest, because I was always so focused on making sure that I had just the right food and had all of the right exercise. And I kind of lost track of what was important. And then kind of in that process. And there's, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes in between. I just realized that actually this was not really how I was, um, you know, made to live. <laughs> and I, you know, I am a person of faith. Um, and I really kind of felt God saying one time, you know, you're, you are paying more attention to the, the food you're eating and the exercise you're going to do than you are, uh, then you're paying attention to me and what oh, I want wow. you doing. Yeah. So, um, through a progression of events that of course I feel like just are divinely inspired it, uh, it, I really learned the crux of what the book is about. My, the book is called my worthy body. And it is that we take care of ourselves so we can do what we're called to do. Not so it'll look a certain way, not so we can reach some physical goals, but so that way we can use our body to love others, to serve others and to do the things that we need to be doing every day. Well, that's a pretty awesome calling right there. Yeah. So, so let's get into these. What, what's, what's some of these health rules that need to go away? They need to be broken. Okay. Okay. So just so your listeners know, and you and I were talking about this uh, before we got on, but I am 47 years old. So I have kind of gone through the decades and progressed and evolved in the way that I think about uh, movement. Now, when I grew up, the, the concept of working out was you go to the gym or you go outside, you slam your face against the wall, you try and get as much sweat as you can, you try and burn as many calories as you can, and that's your workout. So one of the rules is, uh, like, there's a ton of them, but one is that I have to work out for a full hour. Well, actually, and you know this, you're a fitness professional. I mean, yes, if you love to work out for a full hour, work out for a full hour. But there's a lot of science that supports really short, quick bursts of movement, uh, high intensity interval cl classes. You, my guess is you incorporate those in your classes. My, and if your listeners are active, they probably know what those are. Those are actually better served when they're like 20 to 30 minutes long in the, in the true high intensity. Now I will say as a fitness professional, you know, I know that sometimes we'll incorporate some of those in and then do something else. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't know how your class or your boot camps and your classes are structured, but you, we can, we can kind of tweak around. We can work around that. Another thing is, oh, well, walking isn't a real workout. You know, as I've gotten older, I realize that if I go into every uh, exercise session, or I like to say movement session, it just trying to blow it all out of the water. I'm also going to blow out my connective tissue. I'm going to hurt my muscles. I'm going to hurt my joints, something like that. Uh, walking is such a wonderful compliment to how you like to move. Or if that's the only way you like to move, 
then just do it. I mean, it, it provides cardiovascular benefits. It provides mental health benefits. It, uh, there's, there's, it can really help your relationships, believe it or not. I can, I can tell you this one, get on the sidewalks with a friend and go walking and you can work out some, you can work out some hard things if you need Absolutely, to. Yeah. <laughs> Another one is no pain, no gain. Um, you know, pain is really a gift from our body. It's our body telling us that we need to pay attention to something. It's saying, Hey, Hey, I'm knocking. Are you going to listen to me? Because this knee tweak means that you need to either not jump as high or not squat as high or do a little rehab or prehab or, you know, self myofascial rolling. I mean, all kinds of different things, but it's a gift. When we walk into a workout, expecting that we have to just be in a lot of pain in order to receive, uh, benefits. Well, we're, that's kind of not congruent with what we're trying to do. We're trying to take care of ourselves. Pain is the opposite of that. And just to clarify, pain is not the same thing as hard. So hard is when you wake up the next morning and you're, you know, climbing up the stairs and like, Ooh, I am sore. That's not pain. That's yeah. just hard reminding you of her, of your work. <laughs> pain are those, you know, really sharp things, those things that wake you up in the middle of the night. Those are the kinds of things that we have to take care of. And no pain, no gain is I think one of the sayings that the fitness industry has said, I think it's been misconstrued and it sets the wrong mindset as well for our workouts. So those are just good. a look, few. Yeah. It looked good on a t-shirt at one time. So I think people just ran with it. Um, yeah, yeah. we're going to, we're going to update that one. Uh, no brain, no gain. You got to use a brain, right? <laughs> I love it. it. Yeah. We're going to update that one. So yeah, yeah those are great. There, and you, like you said, there are a hundred, hundreds of them out there that you could go over and you go over them in your book. That's really good. Um, they need to go check that. We'll talk about the book a little bit more later, but, um, so there's all these rules out there. Um, we don't need to be following all of them. What's, let me ask you this. What should we be following, especially specifically for women? That's kind of your specialty. Women above 40, what needs to change as far as how is your eating, how you're moving your body? What, what changes for them? Well, that's a great question. And I think that that is a, um, maybe an underserved population because when we, especially now, you know, we pull up Instagram, we pull up Facebook, we pull up TikTok, and it's just a lot of younger women doing things. And Maybe some people are able to continue doing that, but a lot of us can't, even those of us who have been active for a long time. I think for women over 40, uh, if they're looking, if they're sitting there going, you know what, I just, I don't feel the same way that I need to, and I kind of need to think about moving, you know, I need to figure something out because I don't feel like I used to. A couple of things to consider is you, know, you don't have to have these super long, intense sessions every single time. I would say, you know, two or three times a week, um, you know, that is going to be able to get you what you're looking for from a metabolic standpoint, from a fitness and conditioning standpoint. And then the other side of that is take down your workouts, practice yoga, do things like, um, you know, a med mobility is another wonderful thing that I love. Um, and that I actually include a mobility workout in my book, in my workout again, walk. Those are great times to take that down because as women, our hormones are just going all over the place, going up and going down. And it's, it's hard to know. And 
when we constantly put our body under stress with these long, intense workout sessions, then we are raising our cortisol. And this is probably not news to, you know, to people who are kind of tuned in with that. And then all of that elevated cortisol has <laughs> all kinds, a host of other side effects that we do. Another thing to, uh, that's important is to move in different ways. And that's one reason why I'm a big fan of mobility, why I'm a big fan of, of, um, of yoga, because we need to have, you know, this word, but I, I don't know if everyone does, but we need to have transverse movements, which is moving your body kind of rotationally from side to side. This helps our connective tissue. This helps our, uh, which, you know, also our fascia, our, uh, ligaments, our tendons, and that will help keep them supple. It will help keep them moving in all the different ways. So that way, when we go to sit on the ground, like I love sitting on the ground and loving on my dog. Well, if, if I'm not moving in a lot of different ways, then if I sit cross-legged for a couple of times, then I could, I stiffen up. Whereas that doesn't really happen to, you know, teenagers, <laughs> something yes. like that. Or even when we were, um, when we were younger, uh, real quickly, a couple others are strength training for women. So important to maintain that muscle mass. Uh, we do lose muscle as we get older, but we can, we can slow that degradation of our muscle with doing some strength training. It will also help keep our met metabolic, um, rate going, uh, resting super important. You've got to get your sleep. You've got to take some days off. You've got to let your body take, come down from that elevated point of your higher intensity workouts. Um, you know, and then also keeping in mind that your hormones change, uh, as far as eating goes, I am, you know, we do kind of need, we do need to change. I have been, I have had a guest on my podcast who is a, um, a, a gynecologist and well, she's more just for women's health for older. And she was talking about hormones as you get older. And the two things that she recommended were intermittent fasting and uh, the Mediterranean diet. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of following all of these, you know, a bunch of hard and fast rules, but I think that that is something to try if if you're struggling with that from an eating perspective in general, I feel like, uh, the more we can pay attention to just eating like foods in the way that they were, you know, came in that, um, that our body knows what to do with it. And it may be that as we get older, we have a little more time to spend meal prepping and cutting things and, and doing some things to get some quite high quality foods in us rather than grabbing the quickest and easiest thing from a bag or a box or through the car of our window. So those are a few things to focus on for women over 40. Man, we have very similar, uh, how we do go about things. I'm very, I'm very happy to hear all that. Cause you know, with nutrition, there's so many things that are like, uh, well, you should do this. Well, mm -hmm. that works for this person and not this person. Everything, almost everything in nutrition is, it depends, you know, intermittent fasting 100%. works awesome for some people, terrible for other people. They hate it. It's not good. They can't stick with it. <laughs> Mediterranean diet, awesome for some people. Some people, they can't stand it. So, right, you know, but right. you're giving those great options that, hey, find something. If you're getting back to eating whole natural foods, that's a great start. I don't care what you're doing, right? I completely agree. You know, it's funny. I spent about probably two to three years doing some intermittent fasting. And as I am, am pushing closer and closer to 50, I'm, that's just not working for me right now. I, I need to have some fuel for my brain. I need to have some fuel for my body. And so I've kind of, I've just put that to the side. Maybe I get back to it. Maybe I don't, but for me, I really feel like right now, this is not what I need to be doing. And I don't want to be putting my body under any more stress. So yeah, I totally agree. Like you just, and that's the hard thing too, because we want to follow something. We just want to be able to do what they say to do yep. and for it to work out. But 
we were, our bodies are all different. Our bodies are all unique. And so we owe it to ourselves to experiment. We owe it to ourselves to try something and maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. And it's frustrating when it doesn't, but then we know. Yeah. So yeah, I completely agree with you on all of that. And you made a great point. Don't be afraid to experiment. Go try these things. See if it works for you. You'll never know until you try it, right? So you found out intermittent fasting worked until it didn't. And now you're switching it up, but you learn some lessons from that. You get, you glean lessons from these things. You go on, you figure out how your body works because we're all kind of a study in our own bodies and they're cha ever changing. So that's great that you've kind of, you're in tune with that and you can fix it up. So uh, we talked about a little bit, but what, what's missing for the fitness industry, specifically for women over 40, what's missing? Yeah, I think one of the things is this mindset change that many women experience. And that is, it's not always just about weight. It's not always just about how we look. I can't tell you how many clients I have come who are over 40 and they have been taking care of their children. They've been taking care of their jobs, of their husbands, of their dogs. Um, cats don't require a lot of care from what I understand, <laughs> but they've been taking care of everyone else. And they just want to take care of themselves. And I, and so many of them have said, Amy, I don't care what I look like. I just want to take care of myself. But then we, you know, they'll often they'll walk into maybe group fitness classes or, um, you know, get on that, whatever streaming program they have. And it's all about calories and shredding and fat loss and all of that kind of stuff. It's not just about how we look anymore. It's more about wanting to feel well. It's more about wanting to just take care of ourselves. Another thing is this lack of understanding about hormones and it is confusing, but you know, our hormones are, are going crazy. They're going up, they're going down They're I mean, they're day to day, sometimes side to side. I've had clients come in and, and like, I've had clients cancel, for example, because she's like in that middle of that menopausal thing. And she's got a migraine and she feel, I'm like, then that's okay. <laughs> you know, like these are the kinds of things that we have to make allowances for rather than comparing to how we used to be able to move, how we used to always be able to roll out of bed at 4:45 for that 5:30 AM class. Well, maybe we just need to be a little more gentle with ourselves. Maybe we need to change when we move or, or take it down a little bit. Another thing that I kind of talked about earlier is yeah, we, it, the intensity does not have to be super high every time get out, move your body. I'm a huge proponent of that. However, that is, however you like to do it, but it doesn't have to be slam your face against the wall hard as you can every single time. And in fact, I would say that may do more harm than good. And, you know, the other thing too, that kind of goes along with some of what we were talking about is I feel like the fitness industry is lacking in empowering women over 40 to do what they need to do. I just got an email from one, a member of my community today who said I'm 55 and I don't like to go to group fitness classes anymore because I can't do what I used to be able to do and I feel bad. And then I end up hurting myself. So I think as fitness professionals, it's our job to say, Hey, this is an option. This is your phase, whatever it is. Um, and, and as women over 40 to say, this is not right for me. And I'm going to do what it is and just be confident in that and stop comparing ourselves to everyone else and what other people doing, especially if you're in a big group fitness room and you're 47 and there's a 27 year old male, they're going to, we're just going to move differently. Like <laughs> if we yeah. can't compare, we, I mean, that kind of thing only leads to at best frustration at worst injury. Yeah. Keep your eyes on your own paper, right? 
Totally. <laughs> don't, be, don't be trying to cheat off someone else's because, you know, like you said, everyone's so much different. We have, you know, my classes, I've got people in their 20s all the way up in their 70s. Now, if the 20 year old and the 70 year old are trying to compete with each other, I'm not sure it's going to end very well for the 70 year old. Well, I don't know. I got pretty buff 70 year olds, but um, but yeah, there should be. And you're, if you're listening right now and you go to group fitness, the trainer should offer you different levels. There shouldn't be the hey, this is the only way they should offer low impact options in there to get, get you. So you can that's what we do in our class. We want to just keep you moving at your pace, your level, because we're, it's our job as fitness professionals to meet you where you are and get you where you want to go. It's not just, hey, here's how to do this. All, all you get all burpees all day long, you know? Right, <laughs> right. Or, and I would add to that too. When someone, if you come in and you know that your right knee is really giving you problems, go tell the instructor, mm-hmm. tell the coach, tell the trainer, whoever it is like, hey, this, can you show me? And then there's something psychological and I'm not smart enough to know what it is. But when you tell the person who's leading and they say, hey, Amy, this is what I want you to do instead. All of a sudden you're like, okay, cool. And then it's, you don't feel like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, even though it's, it might be different than what the rest of the group is doing. Yeah. That's, that's great. And just being able to listen to your body and being at that level that you can do that is it's, it's pretty mature. That's very mature right there. So, so <laughs> I know there's someone out listening right now is like, okay, that's, that's all well and good, but I've got this number on the scale. I'm not happy about it. Um, what would you say to someone? Cause I know they're discouraged. They, they, they hate that number on the scale. What would you say to them? Well, they're not alone for one. And yeah. I will say, even though I have, um, been on this journey, I have been, you know, I wrote this entire book. I've got 292 pages of stuff out there of why we don't need to be focused on the scale. Um, I can tell you that I get frustrated sometimes. Um, not, I don't really weigh anymore, but just with, I'm like, Ooh, something's going on and I'm not really sure what it is. So they are definitely not alone, but I would say, let's kind of take a step back and let's think about like, what's your, why, why are you working out? Why are you moving your body? And it, there's probably a greater reason when, than one of those extrinsic motivations, that extrinsic being my size, the scale, uh, what that fabric measuring tape says, something like that. You know, we want it to be a little bit bigger. It more like, uh, again, I want to take care of myself. I want to, I want to feel good when I get out of bed in the morning. Uh, you know, like kind of putting it more into that intrinsic, that uh, self-guided m- motivation. You know, the other thing too, that I think is really important that people sometimes forget is the impact they are making on their sphere of sphere of influence. And what I mean by that is, for example, I have a client who I train, uh, sometimes in person, sometimes over zoom. So when we're over zoom, she has twin five-year-old little girls. Well, one of the little girls will join us and she'll just kind of move it around and it's, you know, and it's cute. And she moves like a five-year-old. Well, then those little girls later on, they'll like play workout with each other and they'll, you know, pretend like they're teaching each other to do stuff like that. So she's impacting her daughters in ways that she never intended to. You're, you might have this with your coworkers. They might be like, wow, he's getting up and, you know, going to the gym every day or, or, you know, at, during at lunch or, you know, wh- whatever that is, or it might be on your, um, on your spouse who maybe has been somewhat sedentary and I'm not saying to do it in a nagging, but it might inspire them to, again, put some shoes on and go around for the block. So recognizing your sphere of influence, I think is one. Another one too, is just taking notice of rather than frustration with the scale, uh, what, how are we functionally changing? So are you sleeping better? Is your mental health better? 
um, is your, is your waist better? I mean, my, my family knows I'm kind of the official potty humor, but like your waist <laughs> can tell you a lot. <laughs> and if you want to know, you know, look up Bristol stool scale and you can learn a little bit. There's your TMI information for that <laughs> for the day. Um, you know, how's your, are your body aches if you're waking up in pain or, you know, in the middle of the night. And then again, too, like, how's your fitness performance? Are you getting stronger? Can you run farther? Can you jump higher? Can you hold a plank longer? All of these things are examples of progress that may or may not relate to the scale. And then the other thing too, just from a practicality standpoint to remember is you, you may lose fat loss, but you may gain muscle. And so that scale is reflecting the more, the more dense muscle, uh, and not, and not, you know, it, you, have, so it's, it's reflecting that change as well. So that's also something to consider. That's great. There's so many non-scale victories out there. If you're looking for them, you know, that's just, yeah. if you put all of your hopes into that number on the scale, which can go up, up or down eight to 10 pounds, you know, one way or the other, depending on what time you're weighing in, you're probably not going to be a happy person. That scale is a fickle mistress is what I call it. So isn't it, I know. Yeah. And it's, I've just gotten to the point. I'm like, I don't, I don't weigh anymore because mm -hmm. I get on it and it's lower than expected. And I'm like, Woo <laughs> and it's just, and it's just, all, you know, game on, or I get on and it's higher and I'm frustrated. And so I'm like, this is telling me nothing. This is mm -hmm. doing nothing for me. It's doing nothing for my mental health. I just, I'm wanting to feel well. I'm wanting to be confident in how I'm doing. So I just have decided I'm just not getting on the scale. And thank God I have a wonderful doctor who just doesn't, she, it, it, she didn't even bring it up. I have, I'm kind of dense. I've got a lot of muscle mass. Uh, my BMI is always kind of like on the high end of normal. She didn't even blink at it. She's like, whatever. I know you're, I know you're good. So I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's a good doctor right there. So yeah, uh, kind of along those same lines, T tell me about how harmful it is, shame and guilt. Cause you see it a lot. People have it a lot, especially with the scale. What, where does that play in, in the long-term health? Yeah, that is such a great question. And I, you know, I am not a mental health professional, so I think it's, it's, really important that I bring that out. But when I think about how shame and guilt, um, and their, their effects of their long-term health, I mean, one of the things that I think about are, you know, when we create, when we're feeling guilty because we had a piece of chocolate or shame because we missed a workout or any other thing, we start creating these negative pathways in our brain. And consistent negative thoughts really do have an impact on our stress levels. They can have an impact in, uh, inflammation, which can cause some chronic illness. Uh, it can lead to a lot of anxiety and depression, which if I'm understanding everything and I'm, cause this is such a learning process for me, but that can also have a really big impact on your gut health, which is kind of the, what I'm learning, like the driver for all things health in our body. And so when we are allowing all of those negative thoughts to be circling around in our head and dictating whether we are, we feel like we're successful or not, uh, and, and really making us feel poorly, it just kind of works its way down back to the rest of the body. And, you know, again, that it creates that cortisol, that stress, it raises inflammation, increased inflammation makes you more susceptible to injury. So then you come and you're like, well, I had dessert last night, or I had a big night, or I had a big vacation. I'm going to come in. I'm going to do a two hour gym session. Well, you're walking in feeling bad. You're already walking in inflamed because you probably, I shouldn't say you probably, but you might have 
you know, enjoyed vacation too much. We'll just say that you're again, whatever the, the situation is. And then we're asking our body to do even more. So it's going to be more inflamed and it just, it's just injury and disaster waiting to happen. And that's when we go back to what's our, why, what are we trying to do? What are our long-term goals? And I get, I mean, there are ways that we can reset without putting our body under just a tremendous amount of stress and shame and guilt are not one of them. That's right. They're definitely not long-term strategy. They'll keep you on the roller coaster, the up and down roller coaster. Don't, don't do it. Don't do no. it to yourself. <laughs> so, Amy, this is awesome. This is some much needed stuff out there. We talked a little bit. I just joked around that when we were talking before that if you're over 40, the fitness industry has, <laughs> they think you're dead, but you know, we have 40 or 50 years left in us of still taking care of our health, being fit as possible, being as healthy as possible. So thank you for what you're doing out there, spreading that message. Someone needs to spread it, right? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And what better way than an over 40 woman for sure. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> tell people, it. tell people how they can follow you. Absolutely. Well, there are a couple different places. Number one, I am the host of the graced G R A C E D health podcast. I like to say we have grace filled conversations about physical, spiritual, and mental health. So it's not just workout stuff. It is our, our holistic health. Um, I am the author of your worthy body. Uh, and the, the subtitle is find freedom and health by breaking all the rules. So like we talked about, I take all of the, I take 22 health and fitness rules and I break them using exercise science, nutrition science, and it's all done through a lens of faith. So I get very technical in there, but in a way that people can understand and figure out how to apply it to their own lives. And then the other thing, um, let's see, I'm on grace, uh, Instagram, I'm up and down on my involvement, but I'm graced health there. That's, that's where I am on my website as well. And then I actually, uh, today as we're recording, I released something called be complete. It's B dot complete, like the letter B dot complete. Mm -hmm. And it is all the ways that we want to be moving as we get older, but we don't always take the time to do. So it's just it's just a class. I'm not here to do a program. I'm not here to circumvent any, how anyone likes to move. It's just a nice addition. And so it is a balance core, what I call mini muscles. So it's that hip, hip, hip musculature, um, pausing, kind of integrating that mind body. It's got some lengthening and transverse exercises. So that's the acronym of be complete, but that is, I can give you the link, but it's gracedhealth.com um, slash the letter B dash complete. But those are um, great ways to connect with me to, um, you know, drink a little more of this grace filled Kool-Aid. Awesome. I like, I need, I need some more of this. So I'm a little thirsty. I need to come and get to get some more of that. So I'll link all that in show notes. If you guys didn't catch that, I'll link that. So you can go directly to the link. So Amy, keep up the great work. You're, you're needed in the fitness energy for sure. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been so, it's been a lot of fun. All right, cool. Y'all make sure you go check out those because we all need a little balance and mobility and all that. <laughs> Excuse me. Good stuff. Thank you. for Go check her out. I'm going to go check it out. You guys tune in for the next one and spread this, spread this message. This is a message that needs to be out there. So thank you, Amy. Thank you. Wow. What a great episode. You share that with somebody. I'm going to share with you some awesome sponsors. McWilliams Marketing. They can help your business grow. Regardless of the size of the project, you're going to get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business. No cookie cutter, one size fits approach here. So Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that 
you think you can do, but you're not really that good at it. You don't have time for it. They can do that. They're the experts. It's what they do. Web design, online conversion optimization, SEO, uh, graphic design, marketing, page management, all that stuff. Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at mcwilliamsmarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teak Patnick with Patnick Realty. He really does it all in the real estate world. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments, all that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teak. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teak, and you should too. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Hey, is your child struggling with math? Are you frustrated trying to help them? Then you need Mathnasium of Madison. They will meet your child where they are and help them get where they need to go. And they will do this in a positive and uplifting environment. You'll see measurable changes in attitude, confidence, and school progress. And go to their website, mathnasium.com slash madisonal, and sign up for the assessment. It is a risk-free and cost-free process that will tell you exactly where your child stands academically. Check them out again, mathnasium.com, madisonal. You know what you need in your life? Some apparel lab. That's where I get all my t-shirts and the Hope Dealer stickers there and all my stuff over there. But you can brand just about anything you want there. Whether you have an idea of what you want or you have no idea where to start, they can help you. Go check out their website, apparelab.inc, I-N-K. You, or you can email them at theapparelab at gmail.com. Use a promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Get some great products. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.